Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, and like the nice lady says, your team every day. I am the host of Locked On Browns, Jeff Floyd, guys, obviously uh, not unfamiliar to any of you. Guys, been another great week here. Uh, you know, the, the listens, the reviews, the feedback, everything, you know, always reach a paramount level after a win. I'm going to roll in here Saturday. This is your pregame show brought to you by MyBucky.com. As we go into Saturday night, prime time, uh, second one of the year. Um, look, there's two this year. I think the odds are probably pretty darn good that there'll be minimum two in 2019, if not more. So guys, enjoy it. Start to acclimate yourselves. Guys, you can't start drinking at 10 a.m. for an 8 p.m. game. It's not going to work out that way. If you're going to get cracked up real early, at least pass out for three, four hours so you're ready for kickoff at 820. Joining me here this oh uh, this evening, always for the uh, pregame show, Pete Smith, NFL Spin Zone, does a fantastic job covering the Browns over there. Um, and, you know, God knows Pete's, uh, you know, never, you know, an opinion uh, on anything Pete has never backed away from. It's true. I, I find myself very concerned uh, that you and I are not going to be able to do this pod anymore uh, simply because we've gotten this so right with pregames <laughs> that the Browns may – that we're, we're – we, we, and we know teams are listening, that we are putting the Browns at a disadvantage, and, and I can't have that on my conscience, so we'll have to figure that out. But, no, I mean, so far, luck or skill – uh, since we've been doing this, uh, it's been it's been pretty damn spot on as far as as some of the things to look forward forward to and uh, expect on on game day. Yeah, and look, you know, if, if we need to throw them off the scent a little bit, I highly expect a Greg Robinson tackle eligible for about a 19 yard gain this week. So you know, anybody who's listening might want to put that in the back pocket and uh, you know just go ahead and run with that for the opposition of Denver. Um, Pete, uh, we'll hit this first. You know, Denver offense versus. You know, uh, the Browns defense. First thing when we've been doing these shows is, and we've gotten it with some of these teams where, you know, the Browns should win these games is, who scares you? What the hell scares you about the Denver Broncos offense? The interior offensive line, uh, I believe they've lost, I know they've lost three guys. I believe they lost two guys at the same position. Major injuries. None of these guys are coming back. Decimated there. Traded away Demarius Thomas. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, a nice, shifty, wide receiver, smooth, smooth guy. He's not playing. Uh, Cortland Sutton, it seems he will be playing. But you never know with these quads. They can always pop up. You know, the weather should be good, so maybe weather's not going to eliminate him. But, look, he won't be 100%. Not that many people are this late in the year. But Cortland Sutton, and then you get to Deshaun Hamilton. And there's going to be some guys out there. And, look, it, it goes this way late in the season. But there's going to be some guys playing offensively and defensively for Denver that most of you guys watching the game are going to say, who the hell is that, Pete? Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders far and away is their biggest loss from the passing game. Uh, I, I know Cortland Sutton is a very popular topic in the could have had him of, of the oh, Browns. Sure. Austin uh, Corbett, Austin Corbett, Austin Corbett. And you know, Cortland Sutton's a name they always go to. But – and don't get me wrong, he's had his share of highlights, but, you know, if you're just looking at this from, like, you know, what he's doing, he's caught 30 balls out of 65 targets. It's not like he's, you know, consistently lighting the world on fire there. He's a nice player, uh, and, and I'm, I'm very bullish on his NFL career. But because Manuel Sanders is out, which, you know, and Denzel Ward's out, kinda this is another— Kind of cancels each other out, but in that favor, I'll take the Browns. Right, and, and 
And the other part of this is is TJ Carey is a great matchup for Cortland Sutton. And not only because he's the size thing, he tends to play well, but, you know, given that Cortland Sutton is a rookie and even though it's later in the season, it's the physicality element that, that TJ Carey plays with that, that rookies tend to have the hardest uh, most difficulty adjusting to this guy really keeps grabbing difficult. me. This guy keeps grabbing me. I can't get. To, I can't get out of my. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. And if you can get into a guy like that, and and, and you know, I'm not saying Cortland Sutton is the, is this guy, but some guys can get frustrated and, and and get sort of checked out because they're just you know they're focused on on the frustration as opposed to being able to play football. So in the passing game, it's really this this sort of like blue collar tight end crew that's doing most of the damage and and it's not that any of them scare you it's just they sort of find ways to make plays whether it's you know Hireman or, or Lacoste or some of these guys and then you know the name of the game is going to be stopping Philip Lindsay Case Keenum's a nice quarterback but he's not Case Keenum's not going to beat you if he does they deserve it they, they you know they, they deserve take it take your L and walk out right I mean it, it's really Philip Lindsay uh, a little bit of Royce Freeman and 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 the uh, the element of the altitude that are going to be the biggest challenges for this this Cleveland Browns defense. It, it, I mean, this is you know it's a little bit of a, a problem in that. Granted, if you get into the whole analytics and, and the DVOA, which Greg Williams cited, which is a nice little shout out for Football Outsiders. Um, also, a nice little shout out to his son. Yes, uh, that. That uh, the Browns have done well, however, um, it, it, it tends to be that when they get beat, it's giving up big chunks in the ground game and in the screen game, which you know the Broncos are still equipped to do. That's the stuff that's sort of a little a little concerning. But the fact that they aren't terribly concerning anywhere else may allow them to be way more focused on it. And a guy like Schobert may just be glued to Philip Lindsay watching him and out of the backfield and uh, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a really, really good matchup on that side of the ball. For me, now we're going to go to Philip Lindsay because, and look, I think Philip Lindsay has had a fantastic rookie season. I don't think anybody in Berea is losing sleep over Philip, uh, over Philip Lindsay. Um, when we did the crossover episode, uh, Cody Roark does a fantastic job for over at Lockdown Broncos. Guys, if you're any looking anything Broncos information, go ahead and check out Corey. I mean, uh, Cody. But he had mentioned that you know he had spoken to Nick Ferguson after the game, and Nick Ferguson, uh, anybody knows, former NFL defensive back, you know, did some radio for a while. He's now a, I think he's part of the Niners coaching staff, maybe an assistant to the you know to assistant, you know, one of those types of deals. But you know, the Niners in a game where nobody expected the Niners to win, kind of in an absolute lost season, they said we're just going to make sure we're putting eleven hats to the ball on Philip Lindsay. They did the best job on Philip Lindsay this year that anybody has done. Um, one thing you may want to hear, and look, me and Pete keep saying this week in, week out. Maybe use Jabril Peppers. Maybe use Derek Kindred in linebacker roles. Uh, Kindred can set the edge. Jabril Peppers, I mean, you know, he, he, we know he can do some linebacker things. He spent a year and went to a Heisman Trophy, you know, finals. You know, can do this stuff. Just use one of these two guys to maybe make Lindsey's life a living hell, and with the offensive line that they have, let let loose. Let's go. Let's have a little fun. Right. Uh, you know, and the, unfortunately, because of the injury, and, and I'd, this is sort of a big mystery. We don't really know 
where Larry Ogunjobi is and where he's going to be the rest of this year. But this is a big game for he took, him. He took 51 snaps. So I got to think it, it's not – I mean, maybe it's may, – uh, if he's playing through a torn bicep, God bless the freaking dude, really. But, I mean, if he was able to take 51 snaps next last week, I'm not sure what would change this much. You know, you know I'm assuming he'll still be a, a pretty good factor. Yeah, it's just a question of are you getting basically like – you know, seventy percent of what Larry Ogajo- Larry can do, or are you getting you know, which is better than any, which is better than any defensive tackle they have. So. Yeah, no question. It's just like <laughs> if you you know if you're getting a hundred percent of what he can bring to the table, you feel significantly better about your prospects. So it's a big game for him, just a matter of trying to clog and allow those guys to to operate. But you know, Garrett and and Ogba have been you know good run defenders anyway. That that shouldn't be the big problem, but it's you know this is a big game for you know gap discipline and all that all those all those cliches because you've just got to make sure that you're not letting Philip Lindsay make plays that he shouldn't be making, creating those cutback lanes or or over pursuing and, and and giving him options that shouldn't be there. It's really about playing uh, assignment football and letting letting you know letting your teammates do their job and that type of stuff. You get into all that. But that's really what this game's going to be about. It's not going to be about statistics uh, in terms of you know guy making a particular tackle, but it's going to be about you know finding finding him in the right hole. So if everybody's doing their job, Schobert may have a big game, or whoever's in there, or it may just be sort of a you know everybody's eating a little bit in terms of tackles, and it's just a matter of who who's going to make that given play. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, it, a lot of it will dictate the offense as well. If the offense can get the ball moving, you know, it'll get to the point where maybe you've taken Philip Lindsay and his running ability completely 100% out of the game. But here's one other thing, Pete, where I'm going to. Um, with Ogan Joby, obviously, you know, with, you know, obviously on a pitch count as he was last week, um, maybe they use him in the run game. They don't use him so much in the pass game. With the beat up interior offensive line in the Broncos, and that is, I mean, it wasn't the strongest suit of this line, and now it's kind of decimated injury wise. I'm wondering if we're going to see a little bit of Miles inside, Ogba inside with their length. And look, if there's one thing, you know, Emmanuel Ogba is really good at, he's good at batting balls down. He's very active with his hands. Avery on the outside, Chris Smith on the other side. This might be a week where we see a little bit more of Miles Garrett inside and just let him eat a little bit quicker when it's just straight, you know, north south. And I mean, look, Miles is going to excel wherever you put him. But maybe even, I mean, you could, we haven't seen it as much this year as we did last year. Maybe this is a week where you switch that focus and maybe try to put him inside a little bit more. Right. So, you know, their, their rush packages, especially uh, with with injuries, Ogba's, you know, traditionally found himself, you know, as an end. But with the, the way they've been playing it has been a lot of him at the three and then Jannard Avery on the outside. But I agree. Uh, a lot of last year, you saw Miles Garrett playing the three technique uh, as opposed to end. I, you know, I, I like that he's staying home more. But look, I mean, this is a find the turd situation. If you if you've got a turd, uh, go ahead and, and line Garrett up over him. So if you if you end up in third and you know seven and second and eight or third and seven or whatever, and you just put those both those guys inside. And put Chris Smith or Anthony Zettel, who oh, been, and I forgot about Anthony too. My bad. So if you if you're getting product, production out of those guys, yeah, I mean get get yourself a, a couple a couple you know a nice full set of pass rushers and just let them loose and, and see what comes up. 
Uh, absolutely, that's the type of stuff you, you want to see in this matchup. The the the, the problem is, I, I I think there's a little bit that that could happen on the other side of the ball too. That's 100 percent true, guys. This is the Locked On Browns pregame edition, brought to you by MyBookie.com. Pete Smith and myself here. We just broke down Broncos offense versus the Browns defense. We're going to switch it up here in a minute. But as far as MyBookie.com. Guys, uh, you asked for betting advice, places to go. One thing I will always recommend is who you are betting with is almost as who you are, uh, important as who you're betting on. That's where MyBookie.com comes in. Uh, they're, they have uh, Their online reviews are excellent. Um, the mobile site is qu- uh, simple, clean, easy to use. They've been in business for years. Um, I, would only, I don't bet much, guys. You know that. But if I do, I'm going to use MyBookie.com. They have in-game betting, uh, in-game live betting, over/under on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie.com is currently slammed with a respective members. Look, as the years go on and the holidays, it gets later in the season. The games get a little bigger. People like to bet a little bit more. It is a trend. It's the way it works. So, with this, if you register or create a new account after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25 just for doing so. If you go ahead. They will always match your initial deposit. So if you go ahead, put $100 down, they will match the $100. Do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. You got $225. If you know what you're doing, guys, this should carry you through to the Super Bowl. Uh, the new promo code with the after 7 p.m. Eastern deal, Locked On 25, capital L, capital O, 25. Visit MyBookie online today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. That is MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Pete, as we shift it up here a little bit, right off the bat, like when we talk about the offense of the Broncos, it's like, where's the dude? What's going to concern us here? There ain't no issues here. The interior offensive line for the Browns is fantastic. What is the best thing right now without Chris Harris that this Broncos defense is bringing? They are bringing bookhead beasts. Uh, Between the two of them, I think it's 25 and a half sacks. Bradley Chubb, Browns fans, I'm sure you know him well. He was a, a guy a lot of us thought was going to be the pick at number four overall. Von Miller, still a goddamn beast on the other side. It's going to be interesting, and this is this may be the biggest test we're going to see from Greg, uh, Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard. This is the week where it's, you know, if you guys want to have any inclination about your future with this team, Hubbard is probably a little bit worse off than, than Greg Robinson is. But guys, this is the week where these two guys absolutely have to step the freak up. So if I'm the Denver Broncos, I would I would have Von Miller play against Greg Robinson every play, every mm-hmm. or every pass situation, I should mm-hmm. say, and I would have Bradley Chubb against uh, against Chris Hubbard. I mean, those are you're you're trying to expose weakness here. Find the turds. Uh, Von Miller is is obviously he's not weak by any stretch, but he's he's a guy who's going to win my quickness and speed and and, and twitchiness and. Uh, that that's you know Greg Robinson is not unathletic by any stretch, but if he's going to have problems, it tends to be with how his weight shifts and how his balance is that he can get taken advantage of. Meanwhile, Bradley Chubb's a power rusher, and that's been the bugaboo for for Chris Hubbard. Uh, however, if uh, if Chris Hubbard is facing Von Miller and he can't do it. And, and obviously this is no small thing. I don't know what Chris Hubbard's uh, selling point is at that point. He can't deal well with guys who are super big, strong, powerful guys. You'd hope he's at least able to 
slow down speed type guys. If he can't deal with Von Miller, then then or or players of that ilk, uh, and and you're obviously gonna you're gonna see Shaq Barrett too. Then I I don't I think, know. I think, Sha- I think Shaq Barrett's out. I'm Is pretty he? sure Shaq Barrett's out. Yeah. So. But if he can't deal with speed rushers, I, I, you sort of lose me on what he really offers at this point. But that's that's sort of where this is. And and certainly if, if Greg Robinson is facing Von Miller uh, a lot, as, as he would if I was the Broncos' defense, then this becomes another huge opportunity. He passed the Clowney test, uh, certainly. And if he can play well against Von Miller, then, I mean, it, then at that point he starts naming his price. Personally, I'd still prefer him at, at the full-time right tackle, but the fact of the matter is he becomes a super viable tackle, and I'm convinced if if the Browns walk or let him walk, man, I don't think they will, that the team that's going to make a huge bid for him is the Cincinnati Bengals uh, that need tackle help badly anyway, and he's just their type, and I would hate, hate for a, from a Browns standpoint to see him twice a season. Well, and you look, I mean, you know, with, with you being there and that possibility, yes, uh, Shaq Barrett apparently has a hip injury, so yeah, he is out. Um, and, and one advantage you do have is is Von Miller is a guy who will put himself on a pitch count. You know, he will give the wave over, and maybe it's the Denver thing, but he will give a wave over, and you know, he'll make sure that you know he gets you know a, a, enough blows where he's able when he is pass rushing. You're getting 90 percent of Von Miller as opposed to what went on earlier here with the Browns, where it was uh, you know, coach, do I got to take a knee and physically be removed from this game to get a blow? But, you know, Von Miller will do that type of stuff. Um, one thing, Pete, I am a little bit excited about, Baker, the thin air, uh, it, it, the deep ball. Now he's been kind of, you know, they're putting it in. He's been throwing them. Uh, and, look, 66 yards to uh, to Rashard Perriman. I, 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 I think I just see, and look, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get what we got with Houston where he barely got touched. But Baker, Makers, Baker Mayfield's got to be salivating over, I'm starting, it is a primetime game, everybody in the world's going to be watching because it's holiday season, the game will be on, there's Christmas parties, all this stuff, and Baker Mayfield's going into this, you know, the house that Elway built, whatever, whatever, whatever storyline you want to put to it, Baker is coming into this one, and normally he's at about 110, he's probably at about 130 going into this one. So you mentioned the deep ball. I actually think this is a really good week for the deep ball. Uh, look, Bradley Roby and Chris Harris are, are good corners. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have a, I'm, I'm concerned if if you're a guy who's who's sitting there looking at last week and going Jarvis Landry you had a big week. I, you know, I hope he carries it over. I think this is going to be a really challenging week for him to really do anything. And I don't love, you know. The, the the player on player matchups it basically becomes but no Chris Harris either so I mean this I mean this is just golden I mean there aren't guys of that ilk other than Chris Harris in that secondary no it's basically Bradley Roby who I expect is going to be follow you know if Jarvis Landry's in the slaughter on that wing win win yeah that that becomes that situation so I, I don't think it becomes uh you know, this guy is going to make a play. I, I basically think it's going to be whether it's Callaway or Perryman or, or whoever's going deep uh, on a given situation. I think this one is going to be about how Freddie Kitchens and company game plan to sort of create those situations where they can attack deep down the field. And it's basically whoever's there is going to have that opportunity. Certainly Perryman, Perryman improved. He could do it last week. Certainly Callaway has done that in the past. 
I think you're going to have a couple opportunities where they're going to go deep down the field as opposed to and, – and I, I, I don't know – how well this is going to be in terms of a week of just sort of pounding one particular receiver. I think this is going to be a big time spread the wealth type game for him. Uh, and the other part of that is, is I, I didn't expect much production from David Njoku. I thought most of his job was going to be forcing guys to, to be honest, to create some separation. I do think this could be a week where he has a, has a much bigger impact uh, over the middle of the field, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Broncos have some pretty decent safeties, but I, I do think this could be a situation where whether it's because they have receivers who can run deep or because of the running game or certain things the Browns can do, they could open up a lot of space for, for Njoku, and this could be a game where he sort of steps it up uh, and, and becomes a, a bigger piece of the offense. And, and really that's where I think this offense is, where it's – it's not a question of is other than Baker and Chubb. It's not a question of this guy is going to get his. It's more of a who's the guy who's going to be who's going to be stepping up with the opportunities. Well, and the first things first, and I love that you brought up Najoku because now look, if you can hit at least one big one early, like they did with Perriman, now you're going to get guys back on their heels. George Kittle went for two oh seven last week against this defense. With the 49ers' third-string quarterback. So, I mean, you got to think, wow, yeah, there's going to be some opportunities here for David Njoku. Um, I do think with Bradley Chubb, and I do think with Von Miller, you're going to have to kind of get Nick Chubb going early. Because these guys, they like to pin their ears back. They like to rush the passer. If you get them kind of winded because Nick Chubb's got it humming a little bit early, they're not going to be nearly the pass rushers that they normally are. Yeah, no question. Not only do I, I think Nick Chubb. You want the, game, you want the ball first here, and you want to go. You want to run five plays and hopefully get Nick Chubb three carries, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen yards, and set the tone right off the damn bat. Right. I I, I think first and foremost you want to go where your strength is, and that's going to be a lot in the middle. But I also think if if you can get Von Miller isolated, run at him like. Just get behind your big guys, especially and run if he lines up with Greg right Robinson. If, he li- if he's up on Greg Robinson, even if it's a pass play, you better audible to run. Right, and uh, it, like whether it's just running straight at him, I, I think this could be a good week for the draw, be it Chubb or Duke. Those little quick inside screens, but anything to sort of get get those two ends sort of thinking. And 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 don't get me wrong, Bradley Chubb has been terrific in terms of sacks and and uh, he's gonna have his his argument for defensive rookie of the year he's been fantastic he's gonna just, he's gonna push von Miller out of there in, in less than two years because they won't pay von Miller anymore because they're gonna have to pay the you know von Miller's gonna end up leaving because of Bradley Chubb but nevertheless Bradley Chubb is a rookie and you can you know do things to hopefully manipulate the rookie out of the way they, God knows Freddie's capable of it Right, so you, you, it's going to be a lot harder, obviously, to 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 you know move guys like Derek Wolf. It's going to be harder to move guys like Von Miller and those type of guys. But I do think you you have an opportunity to sort of play some games with Bradley Chubb and get him thinking and try to confuse him and go uh, right at him and get him off his game and sort of keep him off balance to help that pass rush. In addition to the fact that look, Nick Chubb is. He's, He's the best weapon on the Browns' offense. Period. Uh, even last week, 
where Wait, people are looking Pete, at the numbers. Pete, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, Derek Wolf has cleared the concussion protocol, but is still questionable. So this, I mean, this may line up to be even easier. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Broncos are, are pretty close to the Eagles in terms of their defense and, and just how uh, damaged they are. Uh, the, the old you know, Joe Thomas, where they're shaking hands and introducing themselves in the huddle right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they've just lost a lot of guys. But uh, I completely lost track of where I was going. Uh, Inside screen. Oh, uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is yes. your best weapon on offense, period. He just is. Uh, even even last week, everybody's going, well, Jarvis Andrew, you're a good game. Uh, and he did, other than the fumble. But a lot of those plays were set up because <laughs> of how dangerous Nick Chubb is that on both those plays – that that uh, whether it was because they they just decided that when when Chubb's going a certain way that's where the ball's going or because they had seen that formation in previous weeks uh, and the Browns had gone to that way with their backs uh, that they were completely fixated on Chubb and where he was going that it opened up wide open running lanes for for Landry in that case that that's how dangerous he is so whether it's just handing him the ball or finding him in the passing game where he's become increasingly dangerous, that's an easy way to hopefully get uh, Mayfield comfortable, uh, you know, maybe get the adrenaline out of him a little bit, maybe let settle him down in, in, in you know, a big national televised road game uh, when, when, you know, there's as much as the Browns have been treating this every week as like a playoff game, there's a little bit of an extra little something there because, you know, there there's a path. You know, how realistic of the path, that becomes difficult. But there's a path where they can actually talk about, you know, not only going to the playoffs but potentially winning the division, that there's a little bit of an extra thing. And obviously the Broncos are fighting for their lives. So there's just a lot that, that I think getting Chubb involved early can help dictate what the defense is going to do and then hopefully settle Mayfield down so that the, the games he's had problems with have both been early turnovers uh, with the Raiders and then uh, and then the uh, Houston that hopefully you can get him settled down get him comfortable uh, and avoid that so he can get into what has been you know just an absolute zone uh, and let him do what he's been doing which is dicing up teams even good defenses which the Broncos even damaged even with the injuries, are certainly qualified to count themselves. And, and you and, and that's where you kind of go back to a little bit to the Houston game. Um, you know, Houston came right out, sliced him and diced him, went down, scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, a couple of plays of Nick Chubb didn't work out, and then all of a sudden, it was kind of like, you know, the rat was on a little bit early due to Baker, you know, uh, and then this was the thing, you know, look, t- take the deep shots early because you're going to loosen up the underneath coverage. And I, I think it showed well, and it showed very well, how quickly they carried over from the Houston game into the Carolina game is like, all right, well, you know, you can drop these guys, but we're going over you. We're going over everybody. And look, Baker, no problem. I mean, you're going to put him on a recipe to get hot early. He is all for every drop of that. So look, yes, Nick Chubb gets some positive yards early. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to win the toss, you're always going to defer. But Denver wins. They're going to defer. Get Nick Chubb going early. Get these guys on their heels and then just kind of smack him in the mouth. Guys, you listen to the Lockdown Browns uh, pregame show brought to you tonight by MyBookie.com. Pete Smith from NFL Spin Zone joining here as always. Uh, Lockdown NFL. Matt Williamson does a fantastic job over there. Your Monday show consists of hosts like myself or anybody else from the Lockdown Network. 
you know, going over the biggest games of the weekend. We were that slight runner-up this week, guys. It hurt. It hurt. I wanted to be on. But, hey, we deal with it as we deal with it. Sage Rosenfels on a Tuesday um, with all the young, explosive uh, offensive talent in the NFL. Matt, uh, Sage Rosenfels, Matt Williamson, they do a great job with that. He does his PF Chef show on Wednesday. You get Mike Renner. Thursday, Mike Sando from ESPN. Friday, Matt Williamson sits down. He predicts you his game picks for the week. You know, uh, obviously, we're to the point here, guys, where it's 16 games a week uh, with mybookie.com with Matt Williamson's picks. If you choose to use them, go ahead. Jeff Risen's always the one I always recommend as well, guys. So if you need that, go ahead and jump to that. But Matt Williamson, the flagship of the Locked On NFL Network, uh, go ahead. Matt Williamson, go ahead and uh, subscribe, download, listen to all the shows. Matt does a fantastic job. All right, Pete, before we start putting a wrap on this, is there something we missed here? Because I do have something I want to get to. But if there's something we missed here, Pete, jump in. Uh, I, it, the biggest thing that I think the Browns have to take advantage is what should be, as it was against Carolina, a decided coaching advantage. Uh, the Broncos staff is awful. Uh, they are. They cannot keep him. They cannot keep him. They, they are looking to get fired uh it would be stunning that if they didn't move on uh there's obviously talk that uh john harbaugh could end up being the next guy with denver uh hire mcdaniels again do what you gotta do but uh not only are they bad overall but bill musgrave is the offensive coordinator particularly <laughs> bad uh so if you're trying to say if you're if you're you're trying to say that beyond and I think Rick Williams has done a good job as a head coach, my questions with him are largely as a coordinator. If you're trying to make the case that you deserve to be the head coach, and I don't even know if that's a case that Greg wants to make, but if you're trying to put a stamp on things, do not let yourself be out coached by Bill Musgrave. Just it cannot happen. And then the other part of that is is I I, I think Freddie Kitchens, uh, you know, obviously coming off a statement game for him. This should be another situation where you know he doesn't have to be, you know, Bill Walsh and and some of the stuff he was able to do last week sort of made him look like, but it is another situation where he does have an advantage and he should be a better coach and with the talent he has, that he can sort of press that advantage and and whatever you know talent advantage they have on offense anyway that he can sort of push it so. Even if the Broncos are a very capable defense, he can give them that little bit of edge that that may allow them to to snatch this victory. That's not going to be easy. If this was a game in Cleveland, I think the Browns would win in a rout. The fact that it's in Denver, which has never been kind to Cleveland, and, uh, you know— just the 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 altitude and everything else. It, it's a big challenge to go in there and win, and and that's sort of the big the big piece I'd like to see carry over is is they continue just dominating the coaching side of this. One hundred percent. Um, and this is the one thing I want to shift over here to Pete today. Um, Stephen A. Smith, what the hell are you doing, man? Hunter Henry, Derek Johnson, Spencer Ware. Pete, how do these guys make $3 million? And you're talking about a guy with a blown-out ACL, a guy who hasn't been a Kansas City Chief, I don't know, two years? He's not even in the league right now. Um, so, I mean, if we're going to equate to this to this game, uh, who's taking care of Shannon Who's taking care of you know Shannon Sharp this week? I mean, what the hell is this shit, Pete? Seriously. Um, so, 
look, for a while, ESPN had gotten away from the whole personality thing, like, and, and it was to their detriment. They'd let personalities go. You got uh, guys like Matt Bowen on payroll. Can we I talk know, to him? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. What I'm saying is, <laughs> for a long time, ESPN got away got away from that, uh, and that hurt them a big time when it came to Sports Center and those types of things. They thought the program, the institution, was bigger than the town. Now what has happened is they've swung way too far the other direction, and they have personalities they like, and they're putting them in positions to fail. Uh, and look, Stephen A. Smith, whether you love him or hate him, they have him doing a ton in any given day. He's got his own radio show. He's obviously doing the NBA coverage stuff. He's got you know, TV shows, all this stuff. Don't ask him – to then be, you know, a football guy. Like, that's my problem with it. It's like I, you're watching Stephen A. Smith because he's a lightning rod personality in the same way that, that, that that's what Skip Bayless is for and why Skip Bayless was such a big uh, driver of ratings for them. And Kyle and Kyle heard the same way. That's what they are. They are guys who are going to have an opinion and you're either going to agree with them or you're going to, you know, yeah, disagree, and you're going to do it passionately that you're going to hang on every word. That's entirely what they do. But when you set these guys up to fail, and, and on some level ESPN loves this because they're getting all this attention and it's one more thing for people who don't like Stephen A. Smith passionately to sit there and go, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if they tune in to of sort course. of laugh at him or whatever, then then it works. And yeah, he'll probably get ribbed by some of his co-workers and there's a little bit of the egg on the face and that type of stuff and, and Stephen A. owned it. But I just take this as a lot of you're trying to have these guys do too much and, and we've seen on a, a, any number of things and I, and I think Bleacher Report learned this the hard way. When you stretch your guys that are supposed to be you know, carrying the brand too far – then then they, they lose some of their effectiveness and, and, and they don't get to be great at a few things they get to be eh, at, at, at a lot of things and and it and it all overall hurts them so I, I think that's really what this comes down to it's embarrassing it doesn't look good but uh, you know from ESPN standpoint they couldn't care less and and that I guess in some ways that's unfortunate uh, that you know this is supposed to be you know sports and accurate and all this stuff but really, they're just driving to get eyeballs, and and this type of stuff helps them deliver in that department. Well, I kind of equate it to you know Howard Stern and that type of stuff, where the shock jock and the negative attention. Hey, it doesn't matter; it's attention. Um, but when I started this years ago, and I kind of did a little bit of everything, and somebody I'm not going to give his name. He's still very prominent. Everybody would know him if I gave his name. Said to me, he's like, "Look, if you try to cover everything." You're covering nothing. And that is what ESPN is doing. You're pushing out some really good guys. And because you got to pay a guy like Stephen A. Smith $3 million a year. And this is where your product ends up lacking, severely lacking. And you want to know what? If you wanted to cover tonight's Thursday night game, you got a guy like Matt Bowen, who is freaking fantastic and does a fantastic NFL matchup show. And what does ESPN's dumbass do? They air it at 6.30 in the freaking morning on a Sunday. It's embarrassing. I mean, it, look, we're to the age now where your typical fan 
is 10 times smarter than they were 25 years ago. Between YouTube, between all 22, they kind of get access to what everybody else who does this for a living has access to. So they can kind of learn and, you know, granted, they're not going to be there because they've never been to the, you know, the, the coaches' meetings and the levels of some of these pros. But ESPN, you just continue to set yourself up for failure and to, th- to say negative attention is good for business, it, it's just, it, it's embarrassing. It's just beyond embarrassing. Right. So, so this is where, in the same way, you know, it's asinine that you have a, the human sunblocker in a freaking uh, cherry picker on the sideline of Monday <laughs> night games. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, this is the type of stuff where you look at it and you go, they're doing this. They're, you know, they're having Stephen A. Smith. They're paying them all this money. Fine. I'm sure they're getting their money's worth out of it. But then you, you're taking this and then you're you're uh, cutting employees. You're 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 letting people go. You're you're you know you're, you're claiming you can't make money and you have all this talent and and these guys who can deliver. You mentioned Matt Bowen, but th- th- they've got guys who can can give you a quality product. And they're not using them, which is unfortunate. So either guys get put out of work for this stuff, and women, uh, and 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 then you're you're investing in these type of gimmicks that just don't work. Like that's the thing where you, you just sit there and, and you you really hate it. But, and it's not like you know Booger McFarland's fault. He's a big guy. For some reason, they felt like people in the stands don't need to see the game who actually paid to go there. Uh, but what is that doing for you? Like that it's not helping anyone enjoy the game more. Most people hate the booth anyway, but how much is that costing versus, you know, keeping talent that's walking out the door or keeping hiring more talent that could be delivering a better product that you, you sort of end up with, you know, this sort of, uh, just this fake feeling over, saturated marketplace with guys like Stephen A. Smith. And, and, and I think that's part of the problem is, is again, it's not his fault. They're pushing him on everything. Like you, at some point there's going to be a little bit of a blowback and it's just oversaturating. And, and if you're somebody who doesn't like, or doesn't have an opinion, but you're just, you want to watch and you don't want to watch him, you get tired of seeing all these people. Uh, you get tired of seeing this person over and over again. You'd like to see somebody else who brings something else to the table. And that's that's where I think this gets frustrating. Is 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 it's just a blown opportunity and, and wasted money that could be going to better things. I 100% agree, and it it's just where where everything is at now. The fans deserve better, and you know, we you know me, you, and a bunch of guys who cover this. We joke about the big media aspect here in Cleveland, and you get the vanilla stuff, and you don't. Get what the fans deserve. Guys, we're going to just cap it here with that. But this has been your Lockdown Browns pregame show. Pete Smith, NFL Spin Zone, guys. Uh, you know, whether it's early draft coverage, Pete's already digging in. Whether it is the team now. And look, guys, big one here coming up. And if you guys want to keep talking playoffs, that's fantastic. Look, I'm all on board. But the bottom line is here, you need to clean this slate. And there's no way you can't, there's no way without finishing out with three straight W's. So go ahead, follow Pete and his work over there. He does a fantastic job. Guys, whether you like him or not, he puts in the effort, so appreciate it. Uh, for me personally, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, go ahead, uh, you know, follow there. 
uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, the Twitter account, guys. You know we keep it uh, follow back. Uh, anything you need, guys. And don't be afraid. Look, if it's something you don't know and you'd like to have answered, go ahead, follow the account. We'll follow you back over there. Send a DM. I get plenty of them like that. And I get plenty of, you know, and I'm able to help people who want to know a little bit more and get a little bit smarter and understand things. You know, I'm not saying my opinion is gold, but I can offer you my opinion in that aspect. Uh, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, uh, Lockdown NFL, follow everything over there. You get all the shows, you get all the information. You know everything is funneled through those accounts as well. As far as you know, going into Sunday night, look, I mean, I said on it. This is this is a game you can win. Um, and look, what did we say about Houston? The one thing we were worried about was the pass rush. They didn't win the game, but it wasn't because of Houston's pass rush. So this is what you got to do, and maybe this is going to be a big learning experience from Baker, where he's going to go in another game where he knows it's a solid pass rush, but now, after he had the success with Houston, after the early rattles early, where maybe he was a little concerned about it, and wasn't always, you know, as, you know, maybe he was quicker than he needed to be, we'll see how it plays out, but, uh, you know, I, I feel a win should happen, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Denver is decimated, but a win should happen Saturday night. Um, ha- early happy holidays, guys. Start to enjoy it all. You know, there'll be Christmas parties. You guys are watching that. I'll be at one myself. I'm going to be tucked away in a corner or whatever. I, I ain't thrilled about going to the holiday party, but I'll be there. You're going to get a post-game show right after kickoff. P is going to join here for that, as always. Um, as we always say when we put these shows to bed, guys, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.